welcome to a long-awaited episode of Cineblokes. I'm your host, Benjamin Baker, and with me as always... Kylin Burrows. Hello. It's been, a, it's been a bit. Yeah, you know, there's been a lot going on. You know, we, there was the Brexit thing, and, you know, we had to return back home to kind of, you know, deal with all that. And, uh, you know, we're back. Yeah. You know, they, you know, they left, and we were like, all right, well... You yeah. know, we're it's just... not. Yeah, they didn't stop making movies. Yeah, right. We, we just stopped watching them. Yeah, pretty much. You know, it's a political thing. You know, we had to take a break, but yeah. now we're back doing That's what right. we love we're here for you. Boldly going where so many others have gone before. I, yeah, right. Yeah, we're following suit, if you will. Uh, you know, so we've just come from Star Trek Beyond, the uh, third film. In the rebooted franchise of Star Trek. Yep. And, um... Directed by Justin Lin. Yeah. If you, if that name is not familiar to you, um, he's the reason, uh, Fast and the Furious is still a thing. You know, you thought it fizzled out with, you know, Tokyo Drift, and then it, you know, bounced back and made a billion dollars a movie. And, uh, that's credited yeah. to him. Yeah. And someone, someone watched the latest Fast and the Furious and they was like, you know what? Star Trek needs that treatment. That's right. Star Trek needs Dominic Toretto in space. And, um, yeah, this is about as close as you can get to that. Yeah. I feel. <laughs> so, where do we start on this? Uh, uh, you know... So, the plot, yeah? Oh, there was one of those. Are we doing? Are we doing spoilers on this one? Because, look, I, here's the thing. It felt like they tried to be really clever about things, but to me, they were so painfully obvious. I don't feel like I'm, you know, spoiling much. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say for this one. I think, I think we should do spoilers, just because, you know, it's one of those films where I don't know that I really want to recommend people to watch it. So, I don't mind spoiling things for them. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, so yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, trust me, you'll thank me later. Um, yeah, you'll thank us yeah. when, when you hear this. Um, um, all yeah. right, so you want to start with foot? Yeah, so, look, the film starts with the crews uh, three years into their five-year mission. Right. Right, uh, Kirk's bored. Yeah. Uh, he's doing his captain's log, and you can just tell that he's just over it. You know, uh, uh, when they get, they arrive at this star base and he's put in to become, I don't know, some vice admiral or something like that. He's like, you know what? I want a job in a cubicle. Yeah. It's essentially what he's trying to do. You have a desk for me somewhere. (laughs) Uh, There's a computer screen I can stare at for hours. So he wants to go do that. And then you've got Spock who's considering going off and doing something Vulcan-y. Sure. Um... And so, yeah, they're just in a weird place when suddenly this being shows up, this alien who needs help. The Enterprise is the only ship that can go help. Yeah. You know, because well, it's, well, it's fucking Star Trek, I suppose. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. And I'll be honest, up until that point, I missed that. I had no idea that that was the reason that they, you know. In, in this film, especially with the plot, uh, not to, you know, kind of go off on a sidebar, but. You know, this film seemed to have these really great ideas and they didn't know how to put them all together. Yeah. You know, because the, the idea of them, you know, being three years into a five-year mission and just, you know, being lost in space and, you know, kind of 
losing their minds a bit. Yeah, it, it, it comes across, but doesn't come across enough. And I think that is one of those things that I, f I would find very interesting. Of like, oh yeah, well, if you did have to spend five years in space and you know, you've got no communication with the outside world and the only people that you know are the people on your ship that you see every day and every day you've got to pick up the same outfit and sit in the same chair and, you know, the first part of this film before, you know, this being shows up, they try to communicate that but not in a way that makes you feel like, oh yeah, this this would be rough. You know, it just kind of happens and then, you know, this being shows up and then everything goes to shit. Yeah. Uh, so basically this thing shows up and, and says that its ship has crash landed on a planet and they need help and it's, it's in some sort of nebula because that's, that's what space things do. Yeah. Anytime right. you need to go somewhere and you can't communicate, you go into a nebula. Yeah. Nebula. Asteroid field. You know, warp zone. You know, wherever. Wherever you need. Yeah. Nebulas, the cunts for communication, I suppose. <laughs> that's... That's what I've learned. So, <laughs> so they go. Even the next generation, they were a big yeah. deal. So they they go, and then uh, when they come out, they're immediately attacked. Now they are attacked by a force. Now keep in mind, this is original series yeah. era. They are attacked by a force that would have ripped the Borg a new asshole. Right? I it, like this force is is so overpowering it's amazing that there was still more film that happened after this yeah. like it it is a swarm and i mean that in the most literal sense yeah. of the word uh, it, yeah it puts the borgs to shame yeah. it really does yeah no the the borgs right they'll they'll remodulate yeah. there ain't no remodulation on this thing they just rip you apart is yeah. what it did yeah uh and i think they set a record on how quickly we've seen the enterprise destroyed in a film because we've watched the Enterprise be destroyed for, you know, 50 years or so. And uh, this is the record. I've yeah. never seen that ship get ripped apart so quickly. Yeah, it, it was quite was, it was fast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, if you're looking for a lot of action, I mean, this film, yeah. at least yes. in the first, I'd say, 30 minutes, right, it does that. Because it really is like, as soon as they go off to rescue the ship, it's like non-stop. Right action for the the problem is oh, is because the minutes. plot the plot is so thin that when this action starts there's nothing to really connect it all you know so all right fine they get attacked and you know they didn't know it was coming and then you know it's you know revealed that you know she knew that they were going to be attacked and she's not everything she seems to be and she's not supposed to be trusted and you know she's yeah. actually working with these people uh, and once it gets to that point, honestly, everything becomes so muddled at the, it, yeah. it honestly doesn't really make sense. Like, there were so many moments where I was just like, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Oh, we forgot to mention the artifact. I, yeah. I had no idea it was the thing. So, yeah. I, it, at the start of the film, bef before we get into, you know, they're all bored in space, <laughs> Kirk's on a mission trying to, like, negotiate peace between two alien species with some sort of artifact that one's giving to the other right. as a gift, but they don't want it. So he logs it onto the ship. And then when they get attacked uh, later on in the film by the swarm, it turns out that's what they're looking for, this thing. Yeah. And we don't know what it is. Right. We don't know why they want it. Right. But they want it pretty fucking bad. Yeah. And Enough to destroy the Enterprise for it. Yeah. 
So they end up crashing. Uh, the ship gets broken up into like six different pieces. <laughs> And uh, they crash. The dish goes this way. Yeah. You know, a warp goes this way. It's it's all very everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. everyone gets split up. Right. But everyone pretty much lands on the planet in one way or another. Most yeah. of them are captured by the weird reptilian-looking bad guys. Right. By the way, there's a planet. I don't know if you know. Yeah. Yeah. If you get through the nebula... On the other side of the nebula. There's a planet. Yeah. Just, and so you know, you can't go around the nebula. Right, you gotta, you gotta through go it. through it. Yeah, yeah, it's the only way. Uh, Sorry, you could go around it, but it's so much like you gotta, you know, at least one or two rest stops on the way. <laughs> yeah, it's a nebula. It's a long trip. Yeah, you know, you want to take a shortcut. You know, if you're going to Vegas, you know, you you know, you cut through. You know, it's, but is that in space? It's essentially what it is. Exactly. Um, yeah. So they all get separated and they land yeah. on this, you know, planet, and you know, they yeah. meet. We sort of follow them all around, but Scotty, right? Yeah. Played by Simon Pegg, who apparently co-wrote this, this thing. Who, by the way, tried to make himself feel very important. Uh, it was very obvious that he wrote this film because, you know, Scotty is... Uh, it seems that he's got the love interest, even though, like... Oh, no. There isn't one, but I was, it's I was like, waiting for him to shag Paleface. Yeah, I... I you know, I was like, look, if anybody's going to shag her, it should be Captain Kirk. You know, because she looks like someone only Captain Kirk would shag. Uh, but it's very apparent that Simon Pegg was like, no, no, no. If anybody's going to shag her, it's going to be me. And then he doesn't. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, what What the fuck, mate? If you're going to write yourself in to sleep with the hottest alien chick that we've seen. Well, to be fair, I feel like this film takes place in a matter of, like, hours. Right. That's, yeah, right. There's really no time for a shag. Uh, that's, that's true. But even in the... You know what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. We, we're not there yet. So, so basically, they start, you know, coming back together. Uh, there's a, a, a character they meet. Jayla is her name, I feel. Uh, she's Which all, we had to look up. She uh, looks like she could be, like, if... If Powder and Darth Maul had a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, I think that might be the best thing you've ever said on this show <laughs> so far. Yes, yes, that is exactly what she is. So, she's been on the planet a long time. It turns out that her family or whatever, they was... Prisoners to this bad guy. I'm just going to call her Darth Powder forever. <laughs> and uh, and her home is a ship. And right. it, we discover that it's actually an old uh, starship from right. from the Federation. Yeah. Like, really old. Right. Like, the first one ever. Yeah. Yeah, the first one... That, oh, they said it. What was it? First one with warp four right. capabilities. Yeah. Lost at sea, that sort of thing. Uh, so, that's that. So then it turns out that this bad guy has been able to tap into all, like, Federation signals and been listening to their transmissions. And so that's why he knows everything about the crew. He knew how yeah. to take the ship down, all this kind of stuff. Uh, there's a big twist later on. It was pretty obvious to me almost right away. Yeah, uh, you know, for for all of, uh, you know, Kaylin's, you know, Kaylin doesn't, you don't tend to notice things very quickly. That's true. Um, but in this, you nailed it. It was honestly like the minute they showed up on the ship, you were like, I oh, know what the twist is. And 
It, you were right. Yeah. You were absolutely right. That's exactly what the twist was. So, might as well just dispense with it now. Yeah. The big twist is that the bad guy is actually the captain of yes. that ship. And he's been alive for, like, who knows how fucking long. Right. He's gained the ability to suck the life force out of other people. Like, sure. he's a vampire. Yeah. And it keeps him young? I mean, not really, because he looks no, disgusting. He keeps an alien? You'd never know that Idris Elba was inside there. You'd have known that. Yeah. Honestly, it could have been played by anybody else. Yeah. I, and I, I've noticed that he's tend to take on these roles in these major films where, you know, you see him and you're like, oh, I heard that was Idris Elba. You would have no idea it's him. It could have literally yeah. been played by anybody else. Well, I mean, you could hear it in his voice, but I mean, just mean like, you know, it he don't look like when he was the captain yeah he looked like himself sure he didn't start off as a weird right. reptilian yeah. alien yeah you know that's just science <laughs> I don't I don't they don't I, really I, give I, a lot of explanation I, they really don't it's, it's really explained in like one sentence that they they landed they crashed after going through the nebula they landed on a planet that had been long abandoned except for a mining facility that was there and they had technology that could extend life. That's it. That's all we get. That's the exposition. That's it. And then he's There's gone, nothing more that yeah. happens. That's that's all we know. And basically, like the reason he's a bad guy is because he was a military he was a soldier and then they got rid of soldiers when the Federation came about, so yeah, they made him a captain. Sure. And, you know, he's so he's gone fuck crazy and he just wants to kill everything. Yeah. Right? Is that I, what you got at yeah, the end? No, I yeah, sure. Alright. Sure. I honestly, I, there were so many moments where I think I leaned over to you and I was like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Um, because I honestly didn't. It, it was, you know, we're trying to, you know, give you some exposition about what was actually happening. And it's, you know, it's very muddled. And we're trying to give you the bare bones plot. And, you know, I, for me, I felt like, okay, I, I get it. I understand, you know, you're trying to connect this, oh, this is what Cap this is what could happen to Captain Kirk if he spends too much time in space and begets who he is. And, you know, now this captain from, you know, the first mission of the you know, the long term Starfleet. Yeah, it, but none of that comes across. You know, it, I had to just make that long connection and be like, Okay, this is what we're trying to do, but None of that actually happened. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it I, I don't know. It, it just all felt very disconnected. And there were moments that, you know, we're trying to describe this plot to you, but it, it, there's so much that happens in between that that, and none of it matters. Yeah. None of that no. makes any sense. Yeah. No, it was really just, you know, when they're on this planet, you're just seeing different characters travel around with each other. And, yeah. you know, some. Does it really lend anything to anything? There were certain characters in this film that was just like, how are you here? Like uh, yeah. Chekhov, like Sulu. Right. <laughs> Which really? is unfortunate because all of those people are great in their roles. Yeah. Zulu, you know, uh, you know, the Cho is great in his role. Uh, Anton Yeltsin, rest in peace, is great in his role as Chekhov. Uh, even Zoe Zaldana in her role of Aurora, all of them are uh, wasted. And actually, They're, I was going to say, she, yeah, she was pretty much non-existent too except they gave her all the talky bits right and then they let her like you know knock two people out or something so but even you know even somebody like Zachary Quinto playing you know 
the the role of Spock. This is the first time where even a character like that, who is tailor-made for that, is just, he's not important. Like, none of these great characters that we've watched, you know, for two films in these reboots of, okay, yeah, I, I like what they're doing well, with these characters. None of them were important. They were know, all just kind of there. I don't, see, that's the thing. I don't really, you know, when you have a franchise, I don't have a problem with a gear shift, you know what I mean? Sure. So, you know, you got to focus on different characters at different times. And sure. So this one they did. It spent a little bit more time on Scotty, right, a bit more time on Kirk. But Kirk's always supposed to be the focus. Right. You know, so I don't really have a problem with that. But, it, again, it, as you already stated, it, the plot was so sort of just muddled yeah. that, you you know, you're not getting that clear picture. Right. You know, it doesn't really feel like they all need to work together as a team to accomplish anything. In fact, sure. in the end, it really comes down to, what, Scotty and Kirk, I, I guess. Yeah. You right. Know? right. And, uh, but even, like, even somebody like Scotty, okay, yeah, you're trying to put him front and centre, but, like... I didn't care. I just didn't. I cared more about him in Into Darkness, where, you know, he leaves the Enterprise and, in, you know, in anger of what they're doing, and then he comes back, and that, to me, he had less screen time and had a bigger role in that film than he did in this one. Yeah, well, that was all the characters, really. This film was all about spectacle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, and they do deliver that, you know. Uh, no, they do. If they you do. if you want to just go and shut your brain down, uh, and don't try to figure out what's yeah, going no, on, don't at all. You'll probably have a great time. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, so anyway, just to wrap up the plot. So he the uh, Idris Elba. I don't even remember the villain's name. I don't. Crawl. Crawl. Yeah. <laughs> Was that crawl? Crawl. 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 K R A L L. Crawl, crawl, right, like a TV series. Crawl, like you, like you crawl along the ground, but spelled yeah, different. No. Yeah. Anyway, so that was crawl him. the conqueror. That's his name. No, all right. Even though, like, that was yeah, and then it was established that his name was like Captain Balthazar or something when he was <laughs> when he was human. Anyway, so he uh, the the object, the artifact that Kirk had on the ship from the beginning of the film is part of a weapon. It's half of a weapon. It's actually, it's like the double dragon of space. <laughs> right? That's how he described it. He said that they, it was two pieces and the ancient people created it, split it apart, and they threw them out into space hoping that no one would ever find and combine them. Kaylin, I've just got to say, it's so rare that you nail things, that you just, you know, get them, you know, right down to the point. And this is one of those films that I think you figured out before me. I didn't get any of this, and that is the best explanation of what they were trying to do. It's been so long, I'm just in a flow, I guess, I don't know. I'm I'm very proud of you for just (laughs) jumping on board and really just nailing this review. So, so yeah, so he puts the space double dragon together, and he's going to use it to wipe out this new space station. Sure. Not the Death Star, but (laughs) But close. Sort of spherical like (laughs) one. Uh, so yeah, so that's what he's going to do. He's got, again, he's got this massive fleet. It's never explained how he gets this fleet, how he creates it. Nothing like that. We don't, we don't get any of that kind of exposition. And, uh, so he launches it and they basically, when we say it's a swarm, that's what it is. It's it's like, it looked like millions really, but maybe thousands. I don't know. It's a shit ton (laughs) of tiny ships. Yeah. They're all like 
they form up and then they just ram into shits and break it apart. Right. And uh, I, I wish that there was another comparison. I feel like I've seen it before. Well, like you know, like a flock of birds, like a murder of crows. Uh, yeah, know, right. That sort yeah, of thing. Like, sure. That's what it looks like. Birds in formation. Yeah. And uh, that's how they attack. And so. Oh, this, God. oh no, it's going to be difficult to get through it's, this. Uh, so the way I don't even want to admit this is a real thing. So when the crew they actually get the very old shit working, and we we was like, wait, so they they took out your modern ship in like a matter of minutes, right? What the fuck are you going to do with this old ship? Yeah, and they figure out <laughs> that this formation they all have a, a signal that they use to fly in their pattern. Sure. And so they determine that if they disrupt that signal, and they now, uh, this is again something I figured out because earlier on when they're in the ship, the girl, uh, you know, is listening to music from our time, right? Beastie Boys, right? Uh, no, I think it? she's listening to Public Enemy. Is that what it was? Yeah, it's Fight the Power. Okay. Is what she's listening yeah. To. Yeah. Right. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Right. So as soon as they said frequency, in the next thing I was like. If they, I leaned over to you, right? And I was yeah, like, dude. if they use fucking music to yep. break this up, I'm done. I'm yep. out. Yep. And that's exactly yeah, what they fucking have, did. You called this film every moment. And sure enough, I, I'm i not... I wish that this was not a sentence that I could say and mean it. But they defeated the swarm of alien fleet with the power of Beastie Boys sabotage. And that is not an exaggeration. No. That's not, I'm not making that up. That is an actual thing that happened no. in this yeah. film. It did, yeah. Things blew up because yeah. that song played. They flew into the storm, they fired it up, and then ships started just crashing into each just other. Just losing this blowing shit. Up. And then the space station tapped into the frequency. I... And if you thought that the song wasn't being played loud enough... Then the space station started playing it, and just explosions everywhere. I, I honestly want to communicate that, like, there is no stretch here. We're not making this up. This is exactly what happened in this film. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like we've spent most of our time on the plot. Shall we? Let's move on. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about casting. Sure. I mean, it was all the usual suspects. Yes. So, yes, it was. really hard. But, I mean, you know, how did they do in their roles this time around? Uh, you it, know... Uh, did, did everyone feel a bit tired? Yeah, they did. I mean, and don't get me wrong, they all do fine. Sure. They, yeah. You know, it's the the same same uh, beats, you know, that you've right. come to know from the previous films. So. I, I, I did feel that, you know, none of them were given enough to do. Yeah. Because no matter who who they were trying to highlight... And no matter who they wanted the story to focus around, none of that ever really came through. You know, you've got these people that have been these roles, you know, for two films, and this was the first one where I never felt like, oh, yeah, all these people come to, you know, I don't know. I just felt like, yeah, they know what they're doing, but they don't care. As much as we didn't care about what happened, you can tell that they didn't because... They, it's just none of it is put together in a way that makes sense. So, you know, you've got all these great actors who have really spent, you know, three films kind of going into these roles, but now they can just kind of phone it in. So if they're not meant to, you know, really dig into who they are and what space has done to them, it, it, honestly, it doesn't matter yeah. for any of them. 
Yeah, and actually, the, the kind of the sort of subplot with with Kirk and Spock, you know, at the beginning of the film, they're going to leave the ship right. to go do other things. It, it almost felt like mirroring the actors, you know, it was like, right. you know, because I thought we saw a trailer for a film with with Chris Pine, yeah, that was doing something else, like so trying to totally act. different, yeah, and right. it, was, it really was. It felt like you know, I'm better than this, yeah, <laughs> but are you? Are you really? Are you sure? So, um, which is unfortunate because honestly, I I do like all of those people in their roles, and I very much enjoyed them in in the two previous films. Um, you know, I I, I like. Well, look, I enjoyed them in this. It just you know, like you I, said, there's just not enough. Yeah, they just weren't highlighted enough, and they weren't given. They weren't given the character. They weren't given anything to new to do with any of their characters, and they all just kind of felt like, all right, well. You know, we all know who you are, so you've got to be in this film. Yeah. Uh, and that's pretty much it. That's, that's basically as far as their roles go. Uh, so we had uh, Sophia Butella. But- yes. Butella? I don't know how it was pronounced. Sure. As uh, Jayla. Well, I know her from. Uh, she, she you know her familiar. from Kingsman. Yeah, that's Secret right. Secret Service. That's right. Yeah, yeah, she was the assassin. Yeah, she was. Which explains all the fighting in this. Right. Yeah, uh, and again, uh, another character who, you know, maybe if the story and plot had been more cohesive, I would have given a fuck about who she yeah, was. You just don't know enough. You don't That's, learn enough. You just really don't. You know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, oh, my whole family died, and I'm stranded on here, and I don't want to go back. Okay, and. You know what I mean? It's just, that's not enough for me to care about anything about her. Yeah. And even to the point where, you know, in the end, you know, she makes her out alive and she's hanging out at this Starfleet party and they're like, oh, here's a badge, you get to be part of Starfleet. And even I, was, she was just kind of like, oh, do I have to wear the uniform? And even me, I was like, why do you care? Like, do you even want to do this? It just there was yeah. just nothing about her character that made me want to root for her. Or no. I, we had to look up her name. I didn't even remember her name. I just knew that she was in the film. That's it. And that's how you know, kind of unimportant she is, even though she's supposed to be like this new addition to the team. Yeah, there was a lot of characters that was just sort of like, well, we need this one here to do to like fight this person right and because uh, they're like the second in command of the bad guys don't I don't know the actor no idea don't know the character name don't right? know it malice his, or something like his that. sole purpose right in the film was to fight her that's it there's like there's a that's line it. earlier where they want to go rescue their friend Kirk wants to go rescue the rest of the crew that's trapped and she's like no I don't want to go there because when we escaped m- my dad got us out but he got killed by this guy. Right. And now I don't want to go back. And then Kirk says something and she's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and then they go back and then they, she immediately fights that guy and then gets a revenge, sort of, I guess. But I not really because so. she doesn't really defeat him. I don't even know if he lived or yeah. died. I have no idea. No idea whatsoever. Um, you know, it's sort of the same with the, with the girl that led them into the trap in the first oh, place. yeah. And then it turns out she's like a, a spy working for the bad guy. Right. But then she just immediately dies. Like, yeah, you know, I, it, you're like, yeah. oh, this is intriguing. And oh, no, she's dead. All right, never mind. You know. Yeah. So but even, even the artifact, which should be 
a character, if you will. Yeah, we never learn anything. I never learn anything about it. it. It's supposed to be this big... I honestly, I don't even know what he was trying to use it for. I have no, no idea. It's... Look, every every bit of exposition in this film was usually done in, like, one or two sentences. Right. And that's it. So the, the weapon was literally explained in, like, two sentences, and it was an ancient weapon, and then they split it in two... And threw it out in the space in hopes that no one, rather than fucking destroy it, they threw it out in the space hoping right. that no one would ever find it. But then they did. And it creates some sort of bioweapon. We don't get an explanation of how it works. We just see a demonstration on kind one of the of, crew. Kind know, of. That's but it. not even really. It's, it's, like, a black, it's, just... it's a black mass. And then you're no, then you're no sure. longer there, I guess. But it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, great, you want to use this weapon, but... You've got an entire horde of, you know, bees in ships that can just basically take out the station if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I thought it, that just, was, it was silly. What the fuck do you need the weapon he for? Didn't, he didn't need that. If they would have just gone at that space station the way that they did at the Enterprise. Uh, yeah. yeah. Problem, Story over. Problem solved. Yeah, game over, man. Uh, so, so uh, Idris Elba. Now, I will I, say this. Yeah. Um, I felt like at the end, after after he uh, after he crashes into the space station, right, and we get to see sort of an image of him that looks a little bit more normal. Yeah. That's where I felt like we got to see. Oh, there, this is Idris Elba because yes. the acting came through like really, yes. really good. Like he he did, he was doing these like ticks with his mouth and with his face and right. stuff like that. Yeah. That was you like oh yeah. That's that's yeah. him. Yeah. And and there were two there were two elements that I really enjoyed. The beginning of trying to, you know, communicate how difficult it could be to just be lost in space. And then the you know, the end result of that. If you don't get pulled back, this is what happens. And I felt that Idris Elba really communicated that in the small time that he had to do that. You know, he's honestly only Idris Elba for five minutes in the whole film. Yeah. Uh, but he really does communicate that, you know, this is what happens if, you know, you become abandoned and you just get lost in space and nobody responds to your distress call and, you know, you're just lost. This is what happens. And I felt that, you know, the beginning and the end is what they were trying to, you know, connect. And then all this bullshit happens in the middle and by the end, you're just kind of like, all right, well, fuck all, I don't care. Yeah. Um, but he does. He does a great job in in at least trying to, you know, you get that sense of like, oh, he just, oh, but it's really great at what he does. He just wasn't given the right tools to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Uh, oh, well, we're going long on this. Yeah, sorry. So, it... action and special effects is the last category, sure. right? So, uh, you know, visually... Uh, yeah, it's stunning. You know, it looks sure. good. There it was looks only, great. For me, there was only one place where I was like, "Oh, that looks terrible," and that is in the final battle between Kirk and uh, Idris Elba when they're doing that weird gravity thing. Oh, like, there was yeah. there was one place where it was just like, "Wow, that is the most CGI." Like, yeah, it didn't look good. First movie, Harry Potter on a broom. Like, we don't know how people work. <laughs> When they move, when they're getting tossed about, like it looks bad. Yes, no, it does. It absolutely did. Yeah, you're right. But um, but everything else I thought looked really good. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of big action set pieces, and you know, 
if there's one thing that Justin Lin knows how to do, it's create an action sequence, and he does that very well. Uh, you know, again, the biggest problem with that is you've got all these great action set pieces that don't have any context, and that context takes away from how much you should enjoy, you know, the special effects because they're done very well. That most of the film looks beautiful, it looks great, but I don't care what's happening, so it doesn't really affect me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, the, the the action, it was very good. But as you stated, it was like there's a bunch of it in the beginning, and then a bunch of it at the end, and then not really much in between. Right. And the stuff that is there, like you said, it's just like there's not not really a need for it. It's yeah. just there. It's, it just um, happens. You know, which is fine. It's an action movie. And it's movie, basically whatever. the Fast and the Furious in space. No, it is. In fact, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's almost exactly what it is. <laughs> Pretty sure a couple of the action sequences were directly just taken. <laughs> they might have just yeah. they might have just CGI'd right. Chris Pine over over Vin Diesel. It just it was like, oh yeah, so you know how they're on a plane in Fast Six? Can you just put them in space? Oh, you can. All right, yeah, let's just do that. Budget solved. Yeah. And actually, there was a couple of bits that that had me chuckling throughout that looked like they were borrowed from other films as well, like the the holographic device. Oh, yeah. All I can think of was Total Recall with, you think this is the real Quaid? <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which they, don't explain, they don't ever explain why she's got this no. great holographic no. technology to fight with. Like, it just... I, explain that. It's very great. It's, it's a unique tool that we've never seen before. And she's just got it on a stick. Yep. And... Yeah, no problem. Hey, you need 50 Kirks for a distract... I've got you. Yeah, Done. That was also like, when she first used it, it was like, oh, two extras, that's handy. Yeah. And then he shows up on a motorcycle and there's like 80 of them and you're like, wait, I didn't know it could do that. What? Why not just, just do that in the first place yeah. and get yourself off the, get just, yourself off the planet? Well, like, he's supposed to be a distraction. Fuck the distraction. Just make an army of yourself. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Anyway, um, you know, that being said, all that being said, you know, I was still entertained. For some it's, of it, yeah. It's, uh, you know, the uh, Star Trek and, uh, and what was the last one? Beyond, into, into Darkness. Into Darkness. Star yeah. Trek Into Darkness. Uh, definitely superior films. For, uh, absolutely, you know? yeah. Uh, this one, it, you know, like you said, it really is, it's like Star Trek meets Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And if you're into both those things, then you probably will have a blast. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Plot, flimsy plot or unexplained plot aside. Yeah, right. You know, I think like you still have a good time with it. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's one of those things where I think if you're, you know, if you are a fan of Star Trek, I, I, I think you might want to steer clear. I, I honestly, I just feel like this does not add anything to what, what's already been laid down. And I think you're going to be very disappointed. Whereas if you're, you know, a fan of Fast and the Furious and you just want to see shit blow up and you don't care how it all connects, by all means, knock yeah. yourself out, get a large popcorn with a refill yeah. and enjoy yourself. Then again, it also is at 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. So maybe I, we just don't know what the fuck we're talking I about. No idea how that even happens. So. I, being way too generous, I feel, which is rare for them. 
Who knows? Maybe people's just going in knowing it's a summer blockbuster type film. I, I guess. A popcorn yeah, film. I guess. You know? I, I don't know. Um, uh, so shall we Shall we rate it? Yeah. Um, I am going to give it... Uh, I'm going to give it 2.5 out of 5 uh, Beastie Boy Sabotage uh, soundtracks. Um, yeah, I just felt that for all the good that the film had... I felt like none of that really came across. There were too many moments where I just didn't care, and uh, that really took me out of the film. Well, uh, I'm giving it three out of five unnecessary motorcycle jumps in a space <laughs> film. That's a great rating, that's, I, that's how you know it's fucking Fast and the Furious. I I feel like you have understood this film far more than I have, and that is a rare occurrence. Welcome back, <laughs> welcome back, Caitlin. It's good to be back. So, yeah, it's. I'm sorry, it's taken so long, America. I I apologize, uh, but it's very yeah. obvious that Caitlin is back in full form. Yeah, but so. but again, three out of five because. You know, while while the plot is very sort of, you know, I don't want to use the word confusing, but it is very muddled. Yes. You know, you may not know what's going on right. all the time. Um, you know, I felt like there was enough uh, character quips. You know, they're good good one liners. You know, okay. Good comedy, a sure. decent amount of action. So I was entertained. Right. Is it a perfect film? No, far from it. Right. Uh, is it a perfect Fast and the Furious film? No, not quite. <laughs> But it's closer to a perfect Fast and the Furious <laughs> film than it is a regular yeah. film. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, all right. All right. Well, uh, this has been another wonderful episode of Cineblokes. We are very excited to be back. Uh, I am Benjamin Baker. I'm Caelan Burroughs. And we will see you after the next film. Mm-hmm.